even though the Holy District is an unconventional or non-traditional way of being the church, I still have really fond memories of the church that I grew up in. One of them includes a woman who attended our church whose name was Nevisu. During our worship gatherings on Sunday morning or sometimes on Wednesday nights, Nevisu might all of a sudden stand up in her pew and just begin belting out how great thou art. Remembering Nevisu makes me nostalgic for the different aspects of worship, the liturgy that we had in this little free will Baptist church where I met Jesus and started my journey with him. We had potlucks every Wednesday. We had a really tight knit group of students and youth who spent really great time together. And we regularly had times in our services where people had an opportunity to give a testimony, an opportunity to share about what God had done for them in their lives. And that's something I've been thinking about a lot as we've been studying the Gospels and our lectionary reading every single week in our worshiping communities, and also just as I've been looking around and watching Jesus moving in the Holy District community. So I wanted to spend a little time and start a new series to give an opportunity to the folks in our community to testify. We may not have Nevisu, but we can still bring glory to Jesus by sharing about the wonderful things that he has done. So over the next several weeks, I'm going to have guests here with me sharing about who Jesus is to them, how he has changed their lives, and how that's informing their spiritual journey today. So I hope you are interested in that. I hope that sounds exciting to you. And um, yeah, let's get started.
All right. So in the Holy District podcast studio today, I have one of my favorite people in the entire universe or galaxy. His name is Blake. He's my husband, and he also happens to be the neighborhood pastor of our Allentown neighborhood. So, Blake, do you want to say hello? Hello. That's so nice. You're you're my favorite person, too. <laughs> well, technically, I said you're one of my favorite oh, people. Oh, well, you are my favorite. So. <laughs> okay. All right, so we're doing our testimony or our testify series in your first guest. And so basically, I just want to give you an opportunity to share about what Jesus has done for you. So do you want to start from the beginning and tell us about when you met and started started following Jesus and how your life is different now? Yeah. Um, so it's funny to think about because I forget that I'm you know, 33, going to be 34 this year because I started to follow Jesus when I was 20. Mm-hmm. So it's been 13, 14 years, which is funny to think about. Um, but even before that, like I, I grew up in church, like anytime the church doors were open, my parents were there and we were there as a family. Um, and then, but I didn't like continue that way. I wasn't like making a decision to follow Jesus or anything like that. I was never baptized as a little kid or anything. Um, not because my parents didn't ask. I just, honestly, I didn't like water as, <laughs> as a little kid. So I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. Um, so like Christianity was a part of your family yeah, culture. For sure. Yeah. yeah. So like I knew the Bible stories. I knew, you know, probably knew the things that I, w- I, I thought I was supposed to believe and that kind of stuff. Um, but I hadn't made like a decision to really like, be baptized and follow Jesus. Um, and so, yeah, when I was, when I was a teenager and stuff, like I was not following Jesus. I was, um, you know, just kind of doing my own thing. Um, in high school, that meant I was playing basketball like all the time. So sports was basically like my focus in my life. And then after, um, high school, I, you know, I did the party thing. I was, you know, just kind of, you know, I would say just kind of like a good word to say would be lost in terms of like I didn't feel like a listener. He's just kind of waving yeah, his hand, waving around my in a hand around. Yeah, direction. it was like um, just kind of floating out yeah, there, just, just not really untethered. tethered to anything. Because like, like I said, basketball was kind of my life, and I wasn't doing that anymore. And so, um, yeah, I was just kind of like partying and doing that kind of thing. So um, when I was 20, I had been in a pretty bad relationship that was a toxic relationship. And I remember, you know, I'd done all the things that my parents had like taught me as a kid not to do. So I felt a lot of guilt and shame when those kinds of things were coming to the surface. And I remember I went to my mom, who was at the time a teaching pastor at a church and Um, I went to my mom and it was like one of the most, you know, Christ filled moments that I've, I've experienced. Cause she just like, obviously she's my mom. And now that I'm a parent, like I can understand a little differently, but you know, I was expecting some kind of like punishment or, you know, like, how could you, you know, you know better or whatever. And my mom just like fully embraced me and show, you know, showed me grace that has really stayed with me to mm-hmm. this day. Um, and my mom wasn't like, okay, so now you should, you know, go follow Jesus and change all this stuff. But she just made one simple w- request and she's like, 
would you be willing to meet with my pastor? Mm -hmm. And I remember it pretty vividly. Like (laughs) the next Monday, I went into this church office not really knowing what I was going to say or do. Um, And then I walked in that office and immediately just like started to bawl (laughs) Um, and like just confessed all these things or whatever. And um, from that moment, like I did, I dedicated my life to Jesus and um, so yeah, I was 20 at that time and my faith, like, even when I say I started to follow Jesus at 20, my faith looks totally different than what it, um, it, what my faith looks totally different now than what it did then. Um, and I think that is by the grace of God, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so that was kind of the beginning. Like, so you were, you're just kind of floating along, no grounding, no sense yeah, of purpose. Yeah, I didn't feel like I necessarily like had a purpose. I was definitely bought into like all the consumer <laughs> consumerism of the world. Like I thought success looked like you had to have, you know, all kinds of money or these cars or the, you know, big house and that kind of thing. And your, uh, and your relationships that you were in weren't healthy, healthy and by you weren't engaging means. in yeah. a healthy way. And yeah. uh, as one of my friends says, it sounds like the fit hit the shan <laughs> and yeah. that brought you to a, a moment of, uh, clarity yeah truth telling yeah and you were met by your mom grace, who's a yeah. jesus follower with love and grace and that kind yeah. of at least got you started really on your journey of following yeah jesus. it was i would say it was the first time where it wasn't like oh this is what my family expects of me or whatever but it was like yeah i want to i want to know more about this jesus guy and i want to follow him you know if this like if this is what he's offering, this grace and forgiveness and love, you know, I want to be a part of that. I want to experience more of that, and I want to help, you know, I want to show that to people as well. So, yeah, um, so, yeah, so I made that decision, and um, it was a few months later as I was just spending time with God and, um, you know, and my mom. She was a big influence. What do you mean, spending time with God? You know, I was... Uh, I was reading my Bible a lot. You know, I was praying. I started to kind of be like meeting with this pastor pretty regularly. And um, I just I remember that pretty vividly, too, of like just felt like I had this impression like that. Not not from someone else, but like just in my spirit of like, I want to do this with my life. Like Mm -hmm. I want to be a pastor and once again, like what I think (laughs) now what that means is totally different than what I thought it was. meant then but um so yeah that's when I felt like the call to ministry uh, as you know I was 20 years old um probably close to 21 at that point and um yeah I I feel like a lot of my story is just like I had no idea what I was doing and God just (laughs) shows up (laughs) and, and makes some things clear um so yeah that was that was cool uh, but yeah so I say that I felt like I had that um, in my spirit. And then that was just like confirmed within the faith community that I was a part of at that time. So that was really exciting. So you've differentiated between and made sure to be very clear to say, you know, my understanding of what it meant to follow Jesus whenever I was 20 Mm -hmm. is very different now. And you were just getting started. It makes me think of when we got married. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, because that's not too much, you know, it's two years later. It was around that time. But more so what I mean is, when we got married, we had an idea of what it meant to mm-hmm. be married, but we had no clue, really. Yeah. And as we have continued in our relationship and our marriage, we've gone through a lot of things. You and I have grown and changed. Mm-hmm. We've stayed the same in some ways, 
but their what our understanding of marriage now is is much different than our yeah. understanding of marriage when we first said yes to Jesus or when we first said yes to each other. Yeah, and I would say much richer than yeah. anticipated and more beautiful, deeper. Yeah. So thinking about the now and then that you've mm-hmm. been considering here, yeah. what how would you summarize like this is this is what I brought into my understanding of Jesus and this is where I'm at now and and how is that how has that changed you as a person? How has it changed your life? Mm. That's a really good question. I, there's so much there, I think. Just pick maybe your yeah. the, the most significant thing or things. Um, I think when I first started following Jesus and then, you know, feeling this call into ministry, I probably had this idea. My idea of what success looked like, even it what how Jesus was successful or whatever was very much aligned with still the cultural culture um, instead of like the kingdom. So I think, you know, success was you're victorious, right? Like you're on top or um, yeah. So I think there's some of that and that's just totally shifted. Like Mm -hmm. I think what, what the kingdom looks like and what success looks like is an upside down kingdom. You know, whenever you look at the Beatitudes and Jesus saying, blessed are the poor and mm-hmm. those kinds of things. Um, so like, I'm not saying that the church I was a part of then or came to faith in was ever like sold 100% into or bought into the prosperity gospel, but there's definitely some of those elements. And I'm just like, um, like I'm so against that. And I mean, so much so I know myself that I kind of deal in extremes that there have been times where I'm like, you need to be poor, you know, like sell it all. Um and I, I think there's a wisdom in like learning how like that's that's what scripture is doing is as wisdom literature is teaching us how to be faithful and how to have enough. Mm. Right. Not um, so everyone can have enough. So I think there's some of that. I think I think experiencing um, the grace of God, like seeing how uh, not to like degrade myself or like make myself feel like guilty or shameful, but like knowing where I have, like I've seen myself fail um, or fall short um, and still just being like, yeah, God's got me, you know, some of those things. So maybe the performative aspect, I like, and I think going, talking about like being in ministry specifically, like, and that also falls into like success, you know, what success looks like, what a successful ministry looks like, um, you know, starting out that was you have a big church you know you um you're a great teacher you're you know whatever it might be and seeing now like how god definitely can use those things or whatever but i don't think it's the point Mm. um and then yeah i think like the people that i've come to really encounter christ in has been like i and there was the the hint of this, right? There was some of this when I first started following Jesus of like the poor, the oppressed, the marginalized, the people on the margins. Um, but that was definitely not my focus where I spent my time. I wasn't necessarily in proximity with those people. Well, yeah. Cause your idea of success, even in the kingdom and in a calling to ministry was to build, oh, right. you know, a following and, have success on the in the terms of the world which is influence right. security resources yeah. those kinds of things so yeah so now i would say like that is not at all um how i how i view my faith and my world really so 
the people that I am in proximity with, I it, I make like I'm friends with those people, and that's a key thing. That would be a difference too. It's like uh, not just um, using or serving those people. Like obviously you are serving and loving, but also being served by them. So like I know something, Erica, that a word you've been throwing around a lot, and I think we've we've thought a lot about and talked a lot about but like the powerlessness Mm -hmm. of following jesus and like you look at jesus's life and there's a lot of times where he's putting himself in a position that the rest of the world would say is powerless but you know it's not so it sounds like jesus has really redefined your uh, idea of success and also your idea of poverty yeah where maybe poverty in your mind before jesus was something to be avoided to distance yourself from it sounds like now you have a much more nuanced understanding of what it means to have poverty. And I know from being on this journey with you that we, we've we learned that there's a big difference between, or there are different kinds of poverty. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, coming into your relationship with Jesus, it sounds like you thought only in the category of material poverty. Mm-hmm. And we've learned that people may be material, materially poor and very wealthy and yeah. rich in relationship and spirit yeah. and faith and community, whereas people may be very materially uh, comfortable and have poverty in those other aspects of their life. And so mm-hmm. sounds like there's just been some nuances that Jesus has brought and and then also just totally different ways of thinking altogether. Yeah, for sure. And I want to, yeah, definitely I agree with all that. And I think one of those major things, and I know this was a um, big point, big thought change for both of us, um, was the idea of nonviolence too. So that would be a big one. I remember pretty vividly, like having some of those aha moments, <laughs> realizing like, oh, wow, no, like, you know, war and all those things are, um, even if we want to justify some of that stuff, like, it's still, it is going against the kingdom of God and like God isn't God of nonviolence mm-hmm. um, and peace. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, that, I mean, thanks that, for throwing I, that one in there right yeah, at that, the end of that question. <laughs> that in, that throws a whole uh, big conversation there, but we'll have to revisit that some yeah. other time. So, you know, there's that kind of joke where, or this saying that people say, it's not, what have you done for me? It's what have you done for me lately? Mm-hmm. So kind of, let's get a little more granular about this. What would you say? Let's talk about the last four to six weeks of your mm-hmm. life. Okay. Um, what can you bear witness to about the work of Jesus in your life? How is Jesus rescuing you or how are you seeing Jesus at work in your life or family or community? Okay. Yeah. Um, so I think the last four to six weeks, um, I've really seen God show up in some big ways and some, some friends and family, but I don't want to, I, I think you might have some of them coming on, so I don't want to tell their stories. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind for me personally is probably how I think God is showing up in my own like uh, mental health journey. So like for those of you who don't know or don't know me, like I have OCD. I've been diagnosed with OCD and um, not the kind that um, you typically see on TV or entertainment where it's like, oh, you want to keep everything clean or not step on cracks or anything. Um, right. And the OCD eh. is kind of used as a catch-all right. kind of joke word yeah. to say like, oh, I'm 
kind of anal. And right, that's and that's not it for sure. Erica's probably like, why couldn't you got that one where you keep the house clean? Um, but <laughs> she's shaking her head no, smiling. So, um, but anyways, I was diagnosed like probably like eight, 10 years ago now. Yeah. And it's still been a really long journey because I know when I first um, like started discovering that, like, Growing up in the culture that we did, mental health was still a pretty taboo subject in the church and like whether medication is all right. And like just so so just like some of that stuff of like struggling and coming to different um, perspectives on that. But even within the last four to six months, I would say like there's been some really good um, clarity and like uh, I just feel like I've really experienced some peace with Christ, like having... um, an understanding of like, even though there's some crazy stuff going on in my, (laughs) my head sometimes, you know, like he's, he's still there and he understands that even if I don't. Um, and I think that's kind of helped, um, not kind of that's helped, I think in some of my relationships as well. And like, just thinking about like, uh, some future possibility thinking in terms of like what could be going on at the Holy District and our gatherings here and other places. So I think in my own mental health, I think God has been showing up, which has been really cool. And I will say like that has been with the help of, you know, a a good therapist and like put that plug in there. Like we're, we're all for good support systems there. Um, I think, yeah. So I think that's a big one in the last four to six weeks. Would you mind getting just a little bit more specific on, I mean, I heard you say that you feel like the peace of Christ mm-hmm. and that God's been showing up for you, but what does that mean? These are words and phrases that yeah, get, are kind yeah. of used in the church, but they're so abstract yeah. that I, if you're comfortable, it would, I think it would really help all of our community to be able to hear someone actually put words to, what does it mean for Jesus to show up for you mm-hmm. in a, in your a space where, you still have OCD. Mm-hmm. So you haven't experienced some miraculous cure in the last four to oh, six yeah. weeks. And that is probably, you know, the thing that you would love more than anything to be yeah, able to, be <laughs> to have. I would love that for you. But that's that's not your testimony today. Mm-hmm. What What's your testimony? What, what are the actuals? Yeah, so um, my the actuals would be I think the best way to describe it is first off to give a little description of like what OCD looks like for me. And um, so what I've learned even in some of my therapy is like OCD will attach on to the things that you care and love the most kind of thing. So for me, the, one of those things like is Jesus and my face. So, um, you know, there is times where it's like I could I have um, some like some random thought so most of i should say like clarify um ocd stands for obsessive compulsion disorder and whenever you break that down like internally o stands for the obsession like what's happening in your mind and the compulsion is trying to neutralize that or like take away the anxiety so a lot of times what will happen is like an unwanted intrusive thought might pop in and then the obsession is like either arguing with that thought analyzing that thought or whatever and um so then you're and so most of my um, OCD stuff happens internally. So even like the compulsion stuff, that's what that means is like it's trying to argue with that and 
release um, the anxiety. So like for me, it could be anything, you know, I could be reading scripture when it comes to my faith and I could have a thought of like, oh, that's stupid. Like, that's dumb. Why that happen? You know, and like at times my OCD or um, my what if has been really helpful because it has taken me through some like unlearning and relearning, you know, the the um, popular phrases right now are deconstruction, reconstruction. Um, so it has been it has caused me to ask deeper questions and like wrestle through a lot of those things, which has caused me to have a deeper faith, I think, um, a more mature faith. But at times there are still times when it's like, oh, I've like I've wrestled through this. Like I, I think I have a clear understanding of the steps I'm taking and there's still like those unwanted intrusive thoughts of something like that. Like that's stupid. You don't believe that. Mm -hmm. Or, and then I find myself like in an internal dialogue where I might question, like it goes a layer deeper of like, but why did you think that? Like, why did, why was that there? What does that say about you? Are you, are you a good person? Are you a bad person? Like those kinds of things. And when I say, you know, and this is once again, back to like with therapy, um, uh, when I say like I've experienced Christ and Christ has shown up and I've experienced some peace in those areas is recognizing that even if I have, like even if those thoughts are there and first off, like everyone has unwanted intrusive thoughts. So um, that, you know, that was nice to, I, I, that was I, a new learning for right, you. Like I know that, but also like it's really easy to dismiss that like, mm-hmm. Oh, but they don't have these thoughts <laughs> or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, so, um, I forgot where I was going, but like whenever those thoughts arise, like sitting with those thoughts, actually like staying there. And I think the, the mind of Christ has like really shown up and been like, okay, even if, even if that's what you think or were to come to, it's okay. Mm. You know, like I'm still here. Um, and that's scary. I mean, it can be scary because it's like I and, you know, I don't want those thoughts and that they're like so opposite of what I value and those kinds of things. And that's why I mean, just for people listening out there, like when people are actually diagnosed with OCD, that's why it's so scary and why they're doing those compulsions, because those those unwanted intrusive thoughts are just so opposite of who they are and the person they are and what they care about. So they're just trying to like have a certainty grasp at anything that's yeah. going to help them find their way into right. a place of For, certainty right. that and combats that and intrusive yeah image so, or thought. so and like i said for me a lot of times that is not a lot of times there have definitely been times when i was younger like i have ocd tendencies no matter what whether it was around my faith or a relationship or something else um i did that with sports and everything but then they were more external you know and they're more um uh more understood it's like oh yeah it's okay to have rituals when you're playing baseball and you're tapping the plate three times or whatever um but internally i coming back to now like a lot of times i'll get in those internal dialogues in my mind and it like it makes me not be present when i am trying to care and listen um to people right so when i say i've experienced some peace in that is like um first off you're more than your thoughts like thoughts are just thoughts in the christ mind of like okay, you know, like, even if this is running on in my mind right now, like, Christ still loves me, and what I'm going to do is try to show up and be present. Mm. So So you have in mind the 
these scripture passages that talk about having the mind of Christ and mm-hmm. that the, you know, having the spirit of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so there's a scriptural truth that is grounding you. And then experientially you are trusting that mm-hmm. as you encounter these unwanted intrusive thoughts and saying, and, and kind of giving yourself space to access that mind of Christ that says, you know, the, what you think or, you know, what, what passes through your mind at a, any given moment isn't what makes you secure with me. I've got you. Mm-hmm. I love you. I'm not letting go of you. And it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and perhaps that might begin to ease some of the anxiety that was starting to climb with the intrusive thoughts. Is yeah, that, am I getting that? Yeah, that's true. That's definitely true. And I should clarify, like, um, it's, I think I've had the, like, even when the anxiety doesn't leave, like, that's the mind of Christ. Because the point, like, um, the whole point of, like, the therapy when it comes to OCD stuff is, like, not trying to relieve the anxiety and neutralize it or whatever. If it happens, great. But if not, that's okay, too. And, like, learning to live with it and, like, so realizing that even in those moments of still feeling anxious, like, I feel like it's the mind of Christ that's telling me, like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. You you can sit with it mm-hmm. because I'm here with you in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's kind of the difference of, like, this idea of, oh, but if I was, you know, if Christ was here and Christ was with me, then I wouldn't be having this anxious stuff. Wow. Right? Instead, it's like, well, if I truly believe, right, that Jesus is who he says he is and what I see in Scripture and... um you know, at least what I've come to understand and experience Jesus to be, then it's like, he's with me in that. And, um, so yeah, I think that's the difference. Wow. Thanks for sharing. I know that's very deep and personal to you and you're also in this process. Of yeah. Like I don't it have it figured out. Like, I mean, just even, you know, this past Sunday, I would say wasn't a great day, you know, for me in terms of like mentally, but, um, yeah, but yeah, on the journey. Awesome. Well, we're coming to the end of our time together. Is there anything that you would like to share? Just you, you are in your testimony moment sharing with the community of the Holy District. Is there any question I didn't ask or just a couple, anything that you wanted to, to share with the group? Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think back to even just our like last three and a half, four years here in Allentown, it's probably closer to three and a half, not four. I don't know, but, um, just thinking through like all the ways God has really just shown up in my life, our life as a family, um, all the awesome people he's just like brought us into contact with. And I, I, you know, I, I just, I just say that to say like, you know, just talking about the last four to six weeks, that's what's kind of been going on. But there's just been so much that God is really, he's just working all the time, you know? And I think, um, what's really cool and what has been a a thing for me to learn is like, we don't have to manufacture that. Like God is working and we just get invited to partner with him Mm -hmm. and it doesn't rely on us. Like we do have a part, like I don't want to say that, Oh, just sit back and do nothing. We do have a part, but I know that I've experienced like God's grace just time and time again. And, um, it is very cliche, but like God is greater than what we can imagine. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. And I can just say as your wife that, you know, in the last three or four years, when we, we moved to Allentown, you were working on your seminary degree. You graduated with your seminary degree. You started working with an amazing organization called Ripple Community, Inc. You are uh, recently were promoted, and now you're getting to work on the housing program there. You got to walk in your graduation at Fuller and Pasadena just a couple weeks ago. 
we've welcomed our son alexi into our family and and he has just changed our lives in so many beautiful ways the friends that we've made out here the community that god has brought into um brought us into proximity Mm -hmm. with here at our allentown neighborhood gathering yeah it's kind of mind-blowing whenever you stop to think about it yeah i think it's really fun i mean we look at each other almost every day or every other day and just you know say can you believe this is our life like truly it's pretty special totally well thank you blake for joining me today and testifying about what jesus has done for you i'm looking forward to the rest of the series me too can't wait to hear all right If something from today's episode sparked something for you that you would like to process through, I would love to invite you to reach out and schedule a spiritual direction session with me or even Blake. If you wanted to talk with Brooke or Dan, just head to our website, www.holydistrict.org and click on spiritual direction and you can submit a form there and we'd love to schedule something with you. You can also check us out on social media at Rediscover Sacred. That's on Facebook and Instagram. We would love to connect with you in that way. I'm really grateful that you are listening and that you're a part of our podcast community. And if you haven't reached out and you're nearby to one of our neighborhood locations, either in Gilbert or surrounding area of Arizona or the Lehigh Valley in Pennsylvania, we'd really love to meet you in person. You can find more information about that as well on our website. So we would love to take a next step with you, whatever that might be. Maybe that's just tuning in next week. And if that's the case, then we'll talk to you then. The Holy District is a growing network of people in the United States who are finding creative ways to live integrated, Jesus-centered lives in our communities, with our communities, and for our communities. We're committed to rediscovering the sacred in the everyday spaces where we already live, work, and play. And we're so glad that you're on this journey with us.